everybody. Welcome to 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray. I'm Kim. And I'm Kyle. And I swear to God, I faked it every time. I'm telling you, <laughs> I always faked it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Happy birthday, sister. <laughs> I'm sure Jasmine's sister really enjoys being privy to all of these conversations about when Jasmine orgasms and when she doesn't. It's great stuff. It's super special. It's super special family time, you know? Yeah, it's so special. It's I gotta be honest, Kyle. It's hard. It's hard to even laugh at Gino and Jasmine right now. I'm so shocked and just I feel like I'm still in shock about this Sheila situation. Yeah. Uh haven't it, really it, had time to process this. It's like a really somber mood especially i mean like dempsey too i feel like we learned a whole lot about dempsey that was really sad and yeah i'm just i don't know i'm still working through it 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 was heavy this is a heavy episode we didn't get anything about pooping or parasites <laughs> and true. just got like tales of sadness and people like really uh horrific way to die it sounds like um <laughs> like really just shocking i mean so the way that i understood it and i i watched you know obviously production didn't pry sheila for even more details which i think was respectful but the way that i understood it was that sheila's mother which this is this is just nuts because we were just exclaiming last week when we met Sheila's family that that ladder, which you referred to as stairs, I referred to as a ladder, and Sheila and uh, David both tripped on it when they got to the top. I was like, oh, I can't imagine being an older person navigating this ladder. It it just seems crazy. And you went and you seem to interpret it when we were texting back and forth that her mom fell down the stairs or down the ladder. But I interpreted Sheila's explanation that part of the floor gave way and she just fell through the floor. I, I mean, from what I wrote down, it kind of sounds like both. Like yeah. she tripped and fell down the stairs, but the impact of falling is what caused the floor or something to collapse under her weight. And it was also, I mean, again, like, I guess we don't need, like, too many yeah, details, story. but I guess maybe there must have been, like, a basement, too. I don't know. but uh, Like, how far did she fall down? I Right. Or, is... or, you know, it could have been, I mean, it could have been anything. She could have had, like, a stroke and just fell and, yeah, but. It's so tragic. <clears throat> I mean, it it really is. It was shocking. I couldn't. I couldn't quite believe, I still can't quite believe it, uh, just the timing of it. And, you know, I thought David handled it as well as he could. I, I yeah. think that's got to be a really tough situation to handle. I think Sheila, too, I felt bad for her when she was taking him back to the hotel, though. I was like, can't they find somebody else to chaperone David back to his hotel? I mean, I, I don't know. That seemed like a lot. Um, but it, it was just a awful awful situation um it'd be interesting to see how that impacts the rest of the trip i just don't know where you go from there you know right right um but you know and jasmine totally absurd 
ridiculous. Um, learned some bit about Dempsey and her family background, which, uh, she's, her family's literally a Carney family. (laughs) I love it. I love Dempsey even more. I love that she tried to sage Statler's vagina. That was a highlight (laughs) of the season. I didn't interpret that as, as like slut shaming, which is kind of where Statler's mind seemed to go. (laughs) I know that was really funny. Um, I just. I don't know. People get the public is divided on Statler pretty, pretty starkly divided. And I, I don't know. She just doesn't bother me. Um, And I do think like, I thought it was funny when she, the garlic Dempsey seems to really be into her. And I I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in on Dempsey. Like more than probably anybody this season. She is super genuine no alternative agenda. I feel like she has no idea what this show is. And she's just like, yeah, uh, I'll be on TV, but I got this trip to Thailand. So you're going to have to catch me on the flip side. (laughs) I just think that's funny. She reminds me of Erica and just how down to earth she seems. Yeah. And just like, she just seems like I would be good friends with her if I knew her in person you know um statler like in in the past episodes she's been like goofy and quirky and uh did you see reality gays like theater about her parasite they made it like an entire they made like an entire (laughs) video series about her parasite like taking (laughs) over her mind and it was actually pretty phenomenal i forget what they i think they named it like perry the parasite um it's pretty fucking amazing you can find that on their instagram it's it's like they should like it is way better than yahoo boy okay they need to like continue to just we can we can pay for increased production value if you sign up for reality gays patreon so funny um that i'll have to watch that that's really funny but but it's you know funnily enough like there's like this huge debate on online and in the Facebook group about what how annoying Statler is. And funnily enough, like I thought this episode she was way more irritating <laughs> than all the other episodes. Like being like quirky and goofy, like it just doesn't affect me. I don't know. Like you people haven't watched New Girl or something. But this episode, it was just I don't know, it was just kind of like the negativity that was just like I don't know. Like this farm is fucking insanely beautiful. Oh, I was blown I away. There. I thought it was like in wood and there'd be like sh- shitty old dead trees and a, and a chicken and like two goats. <laughs> Just and one then chicken. it's like, this is like a destination. This is like wedding venue shit. This is like people come to this farm to recover from like traumatic experiences or something. It li- I mean, it literally looks like a fucking rehab center. It's so beautiful. And, you know, but I'm cold like, Oh, come on. <laughs> this is like a dream I come know. true. What's wrong with you? I would love, I, I love De- Like I was watching Dempsey's life on the farm and I was thinking that looks peaceful. Yeah. I could do that. It looks gorgeous. It's I mean, she basically lives at a resort. And right. the and she she grew up in care like living in caravans. Um so it's not 
unusual or uncomfortable for her. This is just par for the course. And I don't know. I, I thought Dempsey's life looked sweet. Now, I don't I don't have a lot of confidence that I, this is this is where the problem lies. I ha, I feel like I know who Dempsey is. And and more importantly, I feel like Dempsey knows who Dempsey is. Right. She knows what kind of life she wants. She's very self-aware. She knows what she wants. Statler, I don't know. Like I what what does Statler want in life? What kind of life does she want? I I feel like I don't know. I kind of got the feeling this episode and on the preview for next week that I'm not sure that Dempsey considers Statler her girlfriend. Ah. And it's like they're meeting up for the first time. They're going to hook up. They're going to see how it goes. But I don't get this impression that Dempsey in her head, like they had that cheating conversation, which was like weird and kind of dumb. And like that was just like anxiety manifestation right there that you need to put a lid on that but um and so like dempsey said well i didn't cheat on you so i guess there is some kind of exclusivity understanding but man like this is gonna be this is careening toward fucking disaster here i feel like I mean, we know that Statler didn't communicate that she's planning to move in with Dempsey. So did she communicate that she believes Dempsey to be her girlfriend? It's just unclear. And I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't. So many people just assume you've got to talk about these things, people. And I, I just it is fucking hysterical that Statler is constantly like there's no room for me in this caravan, and I'm <laughs> well, thinking yeah. Dempsey did not know that you when I have was any single, intention of moving in with her. When I was single, I did not rent a two bedroom apartment. Yeah. Also, what does Statler think she's going to do on this farm? She's clearly not cut out to do any sort of manual labor. She can and- look for bugs. I don't know about like the internet situation, but it seems like this is a place to disconnect. I don't know if you can like really work remote. Uh, who knows? But I mean, after this episode, so after this episode, I feel like there are opportunities for her on the farm that don't involve literal farm work because we kind of saw what this operation really is about. And, I, you know, it is a farm. But it also is a multifaceted business. She could be the bartender at the little pub. You know, I don't know. This Ben guy seems pretty generous if she can lighten up about around him. She seemed very standoffish (laughs) and stiff with him, you know? Yeah, that was weird. I was like, dude, chill out. Like, be nice to Ben. You need to get in good with Ben. Yeah, this guy's not like a threat to you or something. No, you know, although he was all. extremely handsome. He was. He is. Yeah. And he owns that farm. So, you know, that's true. Yeah, there's that. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Well, 
Kyle. Uh, Do you want to talk date? about profound sadness and uh, horror yes. first? I, I think we need to get this one out of the way first. Yes, this was this was really traumatic. I mean, they, it kind I'm of sounded like from from the from the explanation. It almost sounded like David was the one that discovered his her mom. I thought about that. Yeah. I mean, because I can't imagine this is where I am a little confused. I can't imagine that this was not very loud. Right. And we know why David well, obviously didn't. David. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We know why he didn't hear it. But like I and I I guess I'm unclear how hard of hearing Sheila is or if she takes like a hearing aid out at night or what. Right. But um it, it's surprising that nobody even like next door was aware of this until David and Sheila woke up and, right. and discovered. But when I saw, you know, they teased the car with the coffin and I'm like, it's gotta be an aunt or an uncle or. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm still in shock that her mother passed while this was being filmed. Production and, yeah, was, we there. Met her was there the week before. David literally met her like 10 hours prior. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And I I mean, the translator was there. This is. is Translator didn't know what she was getting into. This is horrible. I mean, Sheila is just inconsolable as to be expected. And, you know, I just. It's just like, yeah, like she's old as fuck, but. I don't think she it was, was that une- old. Unexpected. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking. Just be- I'm just assuming that she's the same she was, age as her father. Um, but Sheila's thirty. If we assume that she had Sheila, and she's she's in her fifties. Uh, she's thirty. Um, Sheila's thirty. <clears throat> but uh, I mean, either way, like to have it happen suddenly with no lead up, it's. She's probably not even remotely processing yet it yet, which she kind of says later on. Um, there's lots of services, and like you said in the in the beginning, like David handles this the best that he could. Uh, you know, she doesn't and eventually Sheila kind of feels like she doesn't want to stay at the house anymore beyond mm-hmm. what her kind of obligations are. And so when she's driving him back to the hotel. The second time, that's because she's actually like going there to stay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I felt yeah. bad for her when she was like shepherding him back to the hotel because she's like, yeah. I need to sign with my family to grieve, which I'm glad he gave her that time. And it's also but, odd because she said that she had to stay with the body for the first 24 hours. Right. I was I like, know, she wanted, can't leave. But she's she's also probably still too freaked out by the asl translator just send them off together and have her be the escort you're not going to send her to the hotel with david it's never going to happen i felt so bad i was like her least like this tragic absolute like tragic thing happened to her and she's got this fucking translator there that she hates and that was unfortunate but um i mean i i was I, i guess i don't know what time it is but it just seemed like everything was moving so fast. Like she was discovered very early in the morning. There's people there already building the altar, you know, getting the cough, preparing the coffin and everything. It, it well, seemed yeah, it's, it's, moving it's, very it's fast. wild. 
but this is a very different culture of of death clearly than here because yeah. it didn't see i mean it maybe they cut it out but they just kind of made it seem like she died and then dudes show up with a coffin yeah like, and that's how they cut it it like there's no mortician no investigation didn't even seem like there was any like official documents or process i don't know but i just know that um it, that's it's at least the way they cut it that's not exactly how it works here which was just kind of interesting like to your point it felt like it was moving very fast but then i think that the funeral was at least a couple days later yeah it was hard it was really hard to know the timeline and i mean we didn't really see her dad at all either i think except Barely. for very briefly yeah. and i mean uh, he may have been like dude leave me alone which that's totally fair but it seemed like Sheila was really handling everything. Um, and that was, yeah, just, I, I just felt really bad for her. And th this was just, I have to admit, like I cried during this scene. I, I, I really felt it heavily. I think this was maybe the saddest thing we've seen on 90 day. I, it felt very real and it felt it just extremely sad. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, Did you I get don't emotional? Think that, I feel. I mean, I don't know. no, no. But Ugh. I mean, I don't think that we've had a death on this show before. At least, and certainly not in this fashion with with someone that close to someone who he who we had even met too. I right. Know. Um. You and so, you know, it's worth thinking about. I mean, Sheila's thinking about David which is sweet of her, but imagine you're David, you fly all this way and something, obviously it's no one's fault and he, he's not acting entitled to her time, which says a, a huge amount about his character, but I feel really bad for him too, because he's yeah. coming here to, you know, meet someone that he's deeply in love with to see if they're going to get married and he's trying to build a relationship with with her family members. And now, even if Sheila can kind of at least park her grief and pivot back, he's not going to be able to get close to anyone else in her family at all. And no. there's still going to be arm's length and, and emotions involved. And I mean, glad they at least had sex once because this is, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's Yeah, they at least got to connect for, for a day or two, but not for much time. Yeah, it, it obviously it's more important that someone passed away. But if you're David, it's like this guy fucking bags groceries. Okay, yeah, like, this it's was not like he huge, has unlimited funds. Yeah. Huge deal to get here. Massive investment, and yeah, it just like it made me. You know what? It made me so sad about it is because. I felt like this death was so preventable. It, we we talked a lot about just the extreme poverty last week. And, you know, he talks about having to kind of cross the sewage to get into her neighborhood and closer to her house. And we talked about her parents looking like they're in rough health. And I just feel like nobody should be passing away from falling through a floor. And it, it made me really just, I think that's but, what uh, made me just... so sad about it. I mean, they just didn't have any money to do anything. 
and David yeah. doesn't have money. And I mean, the government is not going to come in and force people with no money to, you know, it's just, it felt like, it felt like an intractable situation. I'm honestly not sure, like personally how preventable it was because who, yeah. who would, who would step up to like help these people out? Like just randomly in the Philippines. Oh, um, that the funeral David describes, you know, wasn't like it's obviously very different than the funerals he's seen in the past. Looked very chaotic, um, you know, just in the street. Uh, there's, uh, you know, a lot of cars and people. And um, Sheila said something about falling short of her mother's expectations, but she didn't want to discuss it any further. I was I don't know what she meant by that, but I think she was just she doesn't have any closure with her mom at all. Yeah. And I think that she's just like spiraling and mm -hmm. just thinking about worst case scenarios, you know. I just think both of these two are in such a difficult situation. Like David said he feels out of place. He he doesn't want to be a burden for Sheila. But at the same time, he wants to be there for her. And then, you know, Sheila's kind of in the same boat. She's like, I want to grieve for my mother, but I don't want to leave David hanging. He came all the way here. This is a massive investment for him. Um, we haven't spent any time together. And it's just hard for her to focus on really anything. So I, I don't know. I think they're both doing the best they can. It's not yeah. like you can prepare for this. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It just... I thought it was really heavy and really devastating. Yeah, it's kind of it. A lot of us struggle with nausea from time to time or maybe constantly, whether it's seasickness or hangovers or some sort of medication or medical condition, maybe pregnancy. Feeling nauseous is horrible and it can really impact your day-to-day -day life. It can really hold you back. If you have a tendency to get nauseous, you'll know you'll do whatever it takes to feel normal again. And if you're like me, you might not love taking anti-nausea meds that make you sick or just make you feel really tired. My husband gets terrible motion sickness, so he's always trying to take anti-nausea medication on vacation, but then it gets really sleepy. It's kind of a bummer. If you have a tendency to get nauseous, you've got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is something that you wear on your wrist. It kind of looks like a Fitbit, so it's very nondescript. And it is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. And now you can use your HSA and FSA dollars to get a relief band. So if you have money in those accounts, you can use it to buy a relief band. Whether you need everyday nausea relief or just an occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing of the past. Forget the days of nausea pills that make you groggy, exhausted. Relief band is legitimately just a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea. And you can change the intensity depending on how nauseous you're feeling. You can make it stronger and weaker. I can tell you firsthand that relief band actually works. I have used it. I used it in pregnancy, uh, first trimester, 
pretty awful. Uh, Don't want to be running out of a work meeting, threatening to vomit. Very embarrassing. It really does work. My husband's used his for both hangovers. You know, I don't drink a lot, but sometimes he has a few few beers and gets nauseous, and he gets really bad motion sickness, so he always wears it on vacation. If you want the band that actually works at relieving nausea, check out Relief Band. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer for 90 Day Fiancé Cray Cray listeners. If you go to reliefband.com, use promo code Cray Cray. You'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to Relief Band, that's R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code Cray Cray for 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you to Relief Band for sponsoring this episode. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Life can bring really tough choices. Like, should you go to Barbados to find the man or maybe woman who catfished you on a dating website for like seven years while you were unemployed and acting as a caretaker for your sick mother? Okay, that one's pretty clear, but all jokes aside, there's just so much uncertainty in life, and ideally we aim to make better life choices than the cast of the reality TV shows that we love to watch. But the right path forward isn't always super obvious. Being an adult is hard, and there are so many decisions to make around career and relationships and family. Therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want and can help you generally navigate through life with confidence. My experience with therapy has been that when I know I have time slotted to talk through issues that I have, whether it's real issues about my career or my relationships or sometimes just general anxiety, I'm better to take care of the people in my life when I have a third party that's giving me input and helping me navigate through those issues. You know, it's really helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It really empowers you to be the best version of yourself and just helps you navigate through life with a lot more confidence. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash CrayCray to get 10% off your first month. I know the code is a little ironic, uh, but that's BetterHelp, so BetterHelp.com slash CrayCray. And thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this show and this episode. You want a hard, hard, super hard pivot to Gino and Jasmine? Yeah, we have to. Let's do it. We went to therapy and now everything's fine. <laughs> uh, poor Liz has got to hang out with these two. Uh, there are times, there are parts of the scene where I, I just forget that the sister's there. <laughs> and I right. think Gino and Jasmine also fucking forget that she's there. <laughs> Well, it, I don't think she, she speaks. She barely speaks English. So they just when they're talking about like orgasming and faking orgasm, I don't think she really understands what they're talking about. Um, But yeah, Gino, Gino basically says that, uh, you know, my entire personality is fixed now after one therapy session. Yeah. And yeah. everything's great. And so Jasmine immediately has to blow all that up. So in the so far this season, we've been pretty team Jasmine just because like the visceral hatred of Gino has really not worn off, at least for me. But <laughs> at a certain point, at a certain point, like if you take a step back and look at this objectively, 
Jasmine has chosen to stay with Gino. I don't really understand why, but she says that she's forgiven him and she's still with him. And so, I mean, I'm not trying to be like overly fair to Gino, but this episode, Jasmine was like way too much for me. Like this uh, yeah. was like so gnarly and so clearly like terrible. <laughs> I I could not like, agree more. The, yeah. I I lost I laughed so hard when she's like, Well, I sometimes I wear my previous wedding ring from my last marriage because I hate the the ring that you got me. And he's like horrified. <laughs> he is horrified by this. And he's like, wow, what, 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 how are you feeling if I wore a necklace? What necklace? She gave you a necklace? And she's like, it's a hypothetical. And she's still pissed <laughs> off about the hypocritical thing. It's like so fucking funny. Yeah, it is. It's she's really like good. A, she's a fucking nightmare this episode. <laughs> It's it's so funny to me just the whole like I offhand saying I've never orgasmed with you. Like why why would you Hilarious. say it in front of your sister? So why would you funny. say that to Gino? Like why <sighs> why would you fake it and then I don't know. It, it, but the necklace thing was well, I wear I, yeah, I wear my ex-fiance's ring. What if I wore like an ex-girlfriend's that what necklace? What necklace Calm are you down. talking about? Hypothetical, Jasmine. That was great. Um and yeah. then and then also like again, being mad that the visa application process is taking yes. too long and blaming Gino and then just <laughs> just thinking that magically a lawyer can make things go faster. They literally would just do the same thing that Gino would do, which is just call and leave a message or something. It is so I, pointless. Yeah. I have to admit, I, I mean, if they had some sort of difficulty or they get rejected or even when he initially filed the paperwork to make sure that it was filled out correctly, that would be the juncture in which you want legal totally. counsel. But like yes. right now you're just waiting. There's nothing that can be done. And actually I have to give this to Gino. He seems on top of it. He's done this before. He did it by himself. He got it approved. He seems, I mean, he says it's taking 13 months. We're not, he said 80%, 13 months. Like he knew the stats. Like he's he's not, done. He's an engineer. He has done his research. Yeah, he knows the process. Totally. I was going to say the same thing. Like he's very, very, very dumb. But he's not dumb in that way. <laughs> right, he, exactly. He, he is an automotive engineer. Like, I think he can pull this one off. Kyle, um, this guy, he reads documentation. He reads a lot of documentation. He, yes. he, has, he is yes. up to date, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of being nothing to him. Nothing! It's <laughs> great stuff. Um, I, then the next scene, I also cracked up because Jasmine presents the necklace to her sister without Gino even in the room. But like, Ugh. didn't Gino buy it? Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure that Gino bought the necklace and then she's like, here, I got you this necklace. And she's like, oh, I love it. And Gino's like, not even there. She <laughs> <laughs> Gino was, yeah. According to the sister, Jasmine bought her that gift. Gino had nothing to do with that. So funny. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, even even without the fight before, um, 
if you t- even if you take that fight out of the equation, Jasmine is still really shitty to him the entire episode. And again, like, yes, like maybe Gino deserves it, but she's chosen to be with him and she is showing nothing but like disgust and contempt for him. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? And it really is like a lack of it's just like, like a really fundamental lack of respect because she's just she's laughing at everything he says. And she's talking shit about him in Spanish to her sister. They're just like giggling at him. Every time he tries to make a joke. I mean, look, Dino, uh, Dino, Gino is a walking dad joke. That is his thing. If you don't like dad jokes and weird, goofy shit, shit, don't be with Gino. But every time he tries to crack a joke, she's turning to her sister and be like, "Ugh, this fool. Like, what what an idiot. (laughs) What does he mean? Or do you feel a year wiser? Yeah, she is. She's pretty mean. Um, I. What would you do if your fiance lost an engagement ring? <laughs> she clearly flushed it down the toilet during one of their fights. I mean, I really hope it was a fake, like a cubic zirconia or something, because that could be a thousands of dollars investment. I don't think Gino is big deal. I don't think Gino's pain. Look, she hated it. So clearly it was, it must've been cheap. Because I think that's, that's Jasmine's arbiter for if she likes it or not. Let's be real. (laughs) That's true. Did it cost a lot? Right. Uh, Yeah. But (laughs) she's so funny. She's wearing the old engagement ring. Um, So so, gnarly. (laughs) Yeah. I, do you think Gino will get a lawyer if it comes up to 13 months and there's still no word? Like, what do you think happens here? Uh, I feel like I might be spoiled. I'm not sure. I feel like I get mixed messages here. But she probably just screams at him to get a lawyer the day that it turns 13 months. And then he does. Or he finds like a buddy to just call her and pretend to be a lawyer and say, well, we're just waiting around. Right. Um, (laughs) You know, my wife and I are constantly joking around and making like fun of each other, but this is not in the realm of like casual joking with your spouse. Right. (laughs) Like yeah. the like two and, and especially because like two weeks ago, didn't she say that like my ex boyfriend was better at sex than you? Your dick sucks. You're terrible at fucking. And you're the worst sex I've ever had. And then, in a joking way, to being like, yeah, I always fake it with you. Uh, just kidding. Ha ha ha. Like, woo. Maybe you need to stay away from that subject with like a thousand foot pole for at least a year. Yeah, it's pretty. De- it's pretty bad. That's bad. Uh, yeah, I feel like Jasmine doesn't really know where the boundaries are, but Gino seems especially just super pumped in this episode. I was gonna. He's like yeah. promising her more meat. He's giving her a promise <laughs> ring. I'm giving, I'm giving I think, more meat. <laughs> it's like they took one happy bike ride for forty minutes, and he's a new man. They do seem at their happiest when exercise is involved generally, right? That's true. But, I mean, remember earlier in the season, Jasmine tried to get him to go on a run and do some squats, and he he was not into that. Yeah, she pegged him in the park, and it actually seemed like to go pretty well. (laughs) 
I don't think he they fought. Did not like it. Yes, he did. <laughs> he was like, "Get off of me." <laughs> he liked it. Um, he clearly yeah. he liked it because we see the preview next episode. They're gonna whip the shit out of each other and work off some rage. I'm here for. I that. don't understand. I don't understand what caused this complete change of heart. It's one really therapy session at the child psychologist. <laughs> I really hope they go back to therapy because if this is the result, it's working for them. I mean, they looked. I've never seen these two happy for this long. And by this long, I mean like a two hour stretch of time. Well, look, Gino, Gino is happiest when he is in constant danger of death. If you haven't noticed that. True. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah. He, he really likes pissing off Jasmine with prenumps and any he's uh, riding a, a bike around, almost getting hit by cars constantly. And he's he who knew he was an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> I do I do have some respect for Gino. He he really took to heart what the therapist said. I mean, he even mentions he's like the therapist told me not to respond with anger, and you know he he, he thought long and hard about how he could have handled it better without anger. I'm like, Oh, he does seem to be actually thinking about what the therapist said. So I don't know. This is a step in the right direction. Um, yeah. I, I just love the whole like presentation of the promise ring. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to avoid arguing. And the I'm response give you meat. is, <laughs> and I'm going to give you meat. And then he goes and orders ice cream in Spanish. Kind of. Yeah. That's it. I don't know. I still think that he is addicted to beating off, but like, like the fiery arguments are one thing. The fiery yeah. arguments, I feel like, no, you like you have good makeup sex after that. But this constant like belittling, like that would that's that's a turn off, like for anyone, right? Oh yeah, I I would hate that. Yeah. Even in a jokey way. Like the little snickering, you know, in private about everything you say. Like, that's awful. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, it's it's just the like, contempt, up too. With it, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's like trying to get him constantly, trying to get people on her side. Like, that. that's just, that's the red flag, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Why, why would uh, you want to, why would you want to turn everyone in your life against your partner? Right. For exactly. like laughs, you know? Yeah. Mm. All right, who's next? Uh, let's see. Who is next? Statler, I guess. Sure. No, nowhere to take a dump because no, nope, Dem- cold. Didn't sleep, you know. And she's not. Uh, she's not going to sugarcoat it. You know what I mean? Going to oh, tell. Oh. Going to tell Dempsey that her caravan sucks ass, and I'm cold, and uh, I hate it. And uh, can I move in now? <laughs> <laughs> I liked Dempsey's reaction. It was very British. Dempsey's like, why won't she just be polite and tell me everything's fine? <laughs> like, right. As, well, you know, at, like on day one, right? That's the that's the yeah. thing that drives me crazy about this. It's like, man, it's day one. Hold it in for one fucking day. You just like banged this person you're obsessed with. Chill the fuck out and have a crumpet. 
I mean, Dempsey, and Dempsey says, like, I'm offended that she's told me she's uncomfortable. Like, you know, just say that you need time to settle in because things are different. Like, there's other ways to phrase this, which is, yeah. I don't know. I took it as a very British thing to say. Like, let me teach right. you how to be polite American rather than just saying what's on your mind with no filter. Um, but Dempsey does say she hates being cold. Or sorry, Statler says that being cold yeah. is her version of hell. And uh, I do know how she feels, you know, like when you go camping and it's cold at night. And uh, I don't know if you've ever done that where you just like you wake up in the morning and it's cold and you're like, oh, I feel like that's what the caravan must feel like because there's just no heat. And um, it is uncomfortable, but I, I quite enjoy the cold. So I don't know. Can't really relate, but I know what she's talking about. Um, yeah. I noticed that even though there was this new kind of strange aura of negativity around Statler this episode. Last episode, Dempsey kind of laid down a boundary about the sex talk being too much. And at least so far, that is all cleared up. I don't know. That might be pot of shame. But it seems like the things that people hate Statler about, like when Dempsey says, can you chill the fuck out about that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe she actually listens. We'll see. That that's the yeah. thing that's going to make me not like Statler is if Dempsey is like, "Can we not do that?" and then she keeps doing it cuz she can't help herself whether it's whether it's because she has ADHD or not. That's that's where it's going to take a turn for me. But Yeah, I I agree. She she wasn't speaking at length or as publicly about the smoothness of her vagina this episode. So that's a step in the right direction. Uh, I mean, Dempsey's the one that starts vag saging. That's true. (laughs) They seem to have like a good rapport. I, I, they do like when when both of them, it's just, it's just like, they're kind of ships in the night about like one of them at any given point seems like in kind of a shitty place or shitty mood you know mostly statler especially this episode and like (laughs) you know dempsey's like shit i just got laid she finally shut the fuck up about it now i'm gonna show her the farm and she she's so like what i like about dempsey is that she's like so excited about her own life and that's so cool like that's so like i love that for her because she she loves this farm she loves what she does she loves where she lives and yeah, like she invited Statler to stay with her, but like, I don't know. Statler just feels like she's being a bad guest to me. It feels like I just, again, I know I said this in the opening and like, it, I don't know what Statler wants in life. And I don't think Statler knows what Statler wants in life. And, you know, we see her like looking for bugs. I, she likes bugs. It seems she like a lot of short-term job. goals all like yeah. smashed next to each other right yeah but i don't know like what kind of lifestyle does she want it, it the only thing we know is that she's described herself as a city person and that does not but she line knew up what this was she had to know what dempsey, this was this is like ethan and olivia dempsey's yeah. not going to be happy in the city and statler's not going to be happy in the country and so i just don't think this is going to line up but I do think that they have a good rapport and I think they genuinely like each other. I don't think Dempsey has a fake bone in her body. Right. So I totally agree. It, she's not going to. I loved how Dempsey defended I herself. Think, I don't think Statler does either, honestly. 
Statler yeah. can't seem to. I don't think Statler lies. <laughs> other than that one time she cheated, it seems like she pretty she word vomits it all out there, whether you're ready for it or not. No filter. I yeah, Statler might be a little bit performative for TV, but you kind of want that a little bit. Um, you know, she knows what she's meant to deliver, but I also think it is her true personality as well. Um, I just I loved I love Dempsey's backstory. I texted you a million times. Dempsey worked in the carnivals growing up. <laughs> like it I thought she was just a hippie, but this yeah. is great. So she you know, she she tells us she loves living in the middle of nowhere. So happy for you. And, you know, she lived in caravans most of her life because she moved around. She's like, it's what Americans would call a carnival. I love that she clarified. They call it, what does she call it? Like the fair or fair rides. And they're in the, they're in, they're some in the, sort, showman, like the, the showman's, showman's guild. guild. Yeah. Yes. I loved that. She said for generations. Yeah. I want to cool. know more about this family history. I think it's fucking cool. And uh yeah, her parents her parents just kind of traveled around with their three daughters. I, I want to know what happened to the other sister and the mom. We only hear about the dad. Uh Dempsey speaks fondly of her childhood until we get to this tragedy with her older sister. And uh then I got fucking sad again and I cried. I cried through this too, Kyle. Dude, carbon monoxide poisoning. Awful. <sighs> Tragic. Dude, like four weeks ago, carbon monoxide poisoning was kind of funny because of the vacuum situation. And now <laughs> Matt Sharp took that away from us again. Yeah, this is this is awful. I mean, the sister was 19 and Dempsey was 16. They were best, best friends. She's super close with her sisters. And she was just so sad she left home and she couldn't be without her sister there i was like that is awful and again like just this this makes me sad because nobody should be dying from carbon monoxide poisoning it's so tragic but she met ben and ben kind of saved her and dempsey has a great outlook on life from this she says you know i everything happens for a reason i was Really lucky to meet Ben, and now I have this great life. What a, you know, it what seems a, what a I woman. I wonder if, other than you know enjoying traveling, she's the type of person that's like, like my entire fucking life, I was traveling with this carnival and settling, even if it's a small little place on a farm, just settling is her happy place. And I feel like even if Statler and Dempsey resolve some of these upfront differences, hell, even if they move in together, that seems like such a personality conflict for a long-term partnership. Like, yeah, maybe Dempsey is down to travel, but Statler, I think, just wants to like not just travel, but probably live in different places. And I wonder if Dempsey would be okay mm -hmm. with that, considering that that background. I feel like Dempsey likes her life. Yeah. And I, she's got a really specific thing going with, with Ben. And I just don't know what would she do if she traveled and lived somewhere else? I mean, I guess she could, you know, work in hostels or whatever, but how does, I, yeah, I, I just don't understand how Statler fits into this. If you're, either. 
if you're Dempsey, because I really like, again, I really think Dempsey kind of saw this as just a, let's see how this goes trip. Mm-hmm. And so she's probably, she's not even thinking about Statler moving in to her caravan. It like no. was built for one person. And it's not. <laughs> and like, are, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to work together on the farm? Would Ben even want that? If they're in this like relationship, is that going to distract her from her work duties? And Ben's like, I'm letting you live here for free. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. This seems like just such a dumpster fire coming up. I literally feel like Dempsey has no clue that Statler has these insane plans. They're like chalk and cheese. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's let's fly through Violet and Riley, I guess. Uh, I thought for sure they'd be over because I thought, but then nope, just kidding. They're back. You know, he doesn't he doesn't regret screaming at his girlfriend he just regrets that it was in public (laughs) 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 yeah that was that was something that riley said uh (sighs) he just he's doubling down so hard at the beginning of his scene you know i'm not take i'm not putting up with this nonsense and i don't regret yeah. confronting her i just regret yeah. that it was a public outburst at a nice restaurant it's like yeah. okay and she's doing the same thing she's like we were having a nice date just trying to enjoy each other's company and i'm not calling him he has to call me and apologize they're both saying this and i'm oh i i was like we're done here then that this is over Neither one of them is going to call the other one. So can we find a new couple to replace them with? I learned about the patriarchy and horses. And so I'm never apologizing to a woman. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here in my Mojo Dojo house alone. Mo- Mojo Casa house. Casa house. <laughs> <laughs> When I found out that the patriarchy had nothing to do with horses, I lost interest. Uh, 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 So Violet feels exactly the same way, but in reverse. And um, she, you know, we get we get the disrespect word like six times this episode. A million times. They need to fucking stop it. They out. They just terrible. This is not going anywhere. What? Like, okay, first of all, I'm kind I kind of want to go to Ho Chi Minh City. It looks pretty amazing. It does. Even the shop, even the shopping scene, I was like, that shopping looks fun. And I appreciate that you're stress shopping with your daughter. I'm really into it. The daughter it's, it's... has such a funny take of like, well, <laughs> maybe he didn't know his friend was gonna interrogate you. I'm like, that's all you've got? Yeah, what a come weird on. take. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's funny to me which cities and cultures 90 day fiance chooses to take a giant shit on and what places they think are like just amazing and worth going to and worthy of the great edit right south africa pit of despair on 90 day fiance india really 50 50 sometimes great Mm -hmm. sometimes just basically dogs eating trash um (laughs) Ho Chi Minh City looks incredible. It does. 
It's really cool. I mean, the motorcycle ride was cool. The shopping scene was cool. Remember the dinner from last week looked at, like really nice. Um, but I, Violet's backstory is interesting. And God, we just get all the sadness this week. All Seriously. The but I, this was, I don't know. It, not as shocking as the other stories that we heard, but I can understand where she's coming from, I guess, with Riley didn't protect her. And I think by didn't protect me, what Violet means to say is I need I want my man to stand up for me. Yeah. And that's that's not what happened. And she explains that her mother-in-law, who sounds like a real piece of work, um, after she gave birth to her second baby after Violet did uh, bow that her mother-in-law said, Oh, this baby sucks. We need boys. Should have had a boy, you fucking worthless uterus. We like, I can't imagine. And her husband in, um, said nothing. Yeah. In, uh, in ultimatum queer love parlance, he didn't show up for her. He didn't. He didn't no, show up for he her. He did not. And that was the beginning of the end, Kyle. Two girls, she was done. She's like, I'm not having any boys for you, mother-in-law. You suck. <laughs> Fuck y'all. And yeah, I'm out. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, just having a baby in the aftermath of labor when you're at your absolutely like most vulnerable self to hear your mother-in-law say that has got to be pretty shitty. I hope that we are, I feel like we are, I feel like as a, as a world we are moving toward a place where if someone says that to you, you can just emotionally like compartmentalize that as coming from a crazy person and not have it affect so. you. You know what I mean? I don't I feel like people are still gonna say that shit in 20 years, but I hope that the the generation after ours is just like, ooh, okay. I'm never listening to anything you say ever again, and I'm not going to be emotionally affected by this nonsense. Yeah, I hope so. I it's mean, like some, this is some fucking 1200s England shit, like Anne Boleyn fucking garbage. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Um, the patriarchy lives on. So, yeah. you know, uh, she she sends Riley the super long text message that was clearly auto translated, and he claims. He didn't read it. I was like, you know, you read that shit. Well, she sent totally. me a text message. I didn't read it. Oh, give me a break, Riley. You fucking read it 18 times and you were, you got more and more angry every time, but he's over it. And he's, he's going out on the town. He got yeah. on Airbnb experiences. He found a dude and he's going on a motorcycle ride. And Why that's not? Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, he should, um, other than, you know, apologizing, he should probably <laughs> he should do that. Maybe but, prioritize that, but no, but yeah. let's go out on the motorcycle tour guide, Tommy, this guy's a bro. He's a, he's awesome. MVP of the episode. Um, he just, I just, so they, they just show a quick montage of Ho Chi Minh city and then they sit down to have a cigar and, it takes this guy 10 seconds to make a determination that Riley is a colossal asshole. (laughs) 
it's really she, funny. He's like, he's like, he says straight to this dude's face. He's a total stranger that just paid you for a whole day of work. And you're like, yeah, she should have blocked you. Dumbass. <laughs> this guy bought him a beer, a cigar and a double shot of something. I was like, I think Tommy's got to drive home, Riley. Maybe you should ask him if he wants a double shot of whatever that you just ordered. Seems After like listening lot. to that fucking story, he definitely does. Yeah. I came here to meet a girl, but she is crazy. Cuckoo. I don't understand women here. I don't think you need to add here to that sentence, you know? Yeah, seriously. Women are nuts. They're just they're just irrational. Who knows? <sighs> I, I did like that the two are like Tommy gives him context, though. He's like, dude, you treated you introduced your friend as family. That's not how it is here. That's not your family. It's not your sister. It was your friend here. Family means real family. But also you're an asshole and she should have blocked you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, but let me tell you what to do next. Unblock her and try to meet her in person. And apologize. To talk it out. How quickly Riley comes around. This guy is like doubles down and because then a man told backtracks him. so quickly. I know. It was a Mayan. Oh, I, I, I value a Mayan's opinion, even if he's a complete fucking stranger. You're totally right. That makes it so much more irritating. <laughs> right? <laughs> God. I mean, the daughter, the daughter has like similar advice. She's like, stop playing games. Just talk to Riley about this. It is, it is funny. And it does, it does seem like they were both playing games when you like kind of lay their reasoning side by side, like they did in the editing. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, he needs to apologize to me. Yeah. He, she has to apologize to me. And it both, it makes them both look childish, but it does. It's yeah, it's so I could see the daughter's perspective about like you're both playing games, but honestly, like I don't know. I feel I still feel like from either of their perspectives, it's a totally reasonable reason to break up with the other person. It just is. Mm Like, from Violet's perspective, he was a disrespectful asshole yelling at you in public, being a coward, using his, quote, sister to do his dirty work for you. And if you're Riley, she didn't answer a really fucking important question, (laughs) like, at all. Yeah, she's definitely on the app. So, uh... (laughs) dude, (laughs) so like (laughs) either of them are justified in breaking up with the other. And so while they while they try to edit it to make them both look childish, I think they're both kind of justified. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You know, they're going to end up. They're just going to fight again about the exact same thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Still together. No, you think I don't know. I think this is going to be a cycle. It's just going to because because none of this is actually resolved. Like, okay, if Riley says, I apologize for being a dick. And then if she's like, I accept your apology and let me explain to you why I was on the app. Like, that's never going to happen. You're right. You're right. So it's just going to fester. Are we going to get nine more episodes of just 100%. Of fighting? Yeah, <laughs> this is going to yeah, happen like right. four more times. Oh, man. Okay. Well, you know, we'll. 
We'll see the reconciliation next week, maybe. Hello, lovely listeners. Are you sad that this podcast is just about over? Are you watching The Other Way Season 6 and 90 Day UK Season 2 this summer? Do you just hate ads? If you want to listen to Kyle and I talk about the absurdity of the 90-day franchise of shows and occasionally other reality TV for even more hours every week, sign up for our premium podcast feed either via Patreon or with our 30-second sign-up on Supercast. It's only 5 bucks a month, so less than a Starbucks. It's extremely easy to sign up for and add to the podcast app of your choice, especially with Supercast. You'll get an extended version of this podcast weekly, usually an hour and a half to two hours long, and our B-Sides episode, which drops on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, where we cover The Other Way, 90 Day UK, and any other 90 Day shows that are currently airing. You'll also get full access to our complete podcast archive. So what are you waiting for? Treat yourself. Visit realitycraycray.com to sign up now. That's realitycraycray.com. No Tyre, no Misha, no um, Amanda. Amanda. Yeah. Very, Missed very Misha. little Amanda by like on screen time. Very, oh, very front loaded. In the first few episodes of the season, there was so much Amanda and Roscoe. Yeah. Now there's like nothing. I I feel this story is just going nowhere. And I wonder if the producers were super disappointed with their kind of arc and their story. Yeah, this was supposed to be the hot couple. Right. And they're not panning out. So I think Misha and Nicola were the ones that I most missed this week because they provide comedic relief, which we really needed in this super heavy episode. So absurd. Um, but, and it looks like Gino and Jasmine are really delivering next week as well with this ridiculous sex toy <laughs> scene, which just looks silly and dumb and what I want to see. And they're, um, they're, they're great TV because they're funny even when they're not fighting. Yeah. Yeah. They can, they can be funny fight. I mean, their fights are so explosive and ridiculous, but then their, their funny times are light and dumb, which I appreciate. Kyle, do you have any last words? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Great. Well, it's good. This is a heavy episode. We'll have be having fun, hopefully, again next week. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the other way and UK, for sure. Uh, yes, looking forward to that for Patreon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week. Yeah, if, if you do want to listen to the other way, head on over to realitycraycare.com. Sign up for five bucks. We're having a great time talking about UK and tow over there. UK is the best. Just the best. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye for, bye for reals.